Welcome to Watershed's February podcast. My name's Mark Cosgrove. I'm the head of programme here at Watershed. Last month, I speculated on the possible future for cinema in a post-digital world, a world where everything is available and multi-platform now. So why should audiences go to a place called the cinema to see films? was a brief summary. This month, I move on to the impact digital is having in the making of films and in what we see on screen. This is prompted by the documentary Side by Side, which we are screening later in the month. In the documentary, Keanu Reeves forgoes acting to present a fascinating insight into the history of filmmaking and also its future, exploring how digital is radically changing the way moving images are made and made into films. The interviews are a who's who of top filmmaking talent, from directors like Martin Scorsese and David Lynch, to cinematographers like Michael Balhaus, Scorsese's cameraman of choice, Anthony Dodd-Mantle, whose distinctive style shaped films like Antichrist and 28 Days Later, and legendary cinematographer Vilmos Zygmunt. Just look at his filmography on IMDb. He knows how to work a camera. To explore some of the issues and hopefully open your eyes to some of the changes going on in the moving image capture world, I am joined this month by Terry Flaxton, who's Professor of Cinematography and Lens-Based Media at the University of the West of England. What is the difference between a 35mm made moving image and a digital moving image? Well, cutting to the chase, they're, they're two different media. I mean, one, one is photochemically based and comes from the kind of Victorian age because film is based around uh, two industries, really. The sewing industry, for the stop-start gesture you've got to do as you wheel a piece of film through the gate, and uh, dentistry because basically people were invented uh, celluloid effectively to make a replacement teeth. So you've got that sort of thinking going on on one level. Digital cinematography is around the manipulation of data. Entirely two different media, but in terms of cinematic practice out there, shooting movies right now, for the camera crew, there's not a lot of difference. I mean, some of the roles have been repurposed so that, you know, the clapper loader now puts on a, a digital mag instead of a film mag and doesn't have to load a, a length of film into the thing. But fundamentally, they are effectively the same thing in terms of gathering or capturing an image. But there are a lot of other differences. Is there a qualitative difference, you think, between the chemical process, which is 35mm, which is light falling on chemical, and the digital image that's made, which is code? You could argue that film is like vinyl and digital cinematography is like CDs. And some people really find a huge difference in there, whereas the great mass of people don't see a difference at all. For me, there is a problem growing around this one because for years and years and years with video, we've tried our darndest on a certain level to make uh, video look like film in the sense of the spectacle of it, the sheen of it, the quality of the image. And there are moments happening now where people are operating digital cinematography and they're not quite getting it. I'm talking about very high level cinematographers and they're generating an image that's looking a tiny bit like the old style video image. Mm. Now, whether or not the punter, the person in the audience sees that or not, at least on a, on a kind of surface level, I don't know, but I for sure know that that will affect them deep down. Mm. And, you know, I mentioned some of the um, cinematographers that are in this documentary. Um, you know, Vilma Sigmund, who's shot, you know, amazing films um, like The Deer Hunter. These were made on 35mm. And, you know, cinematographers are now making film uh, digitally. And I think it's accepted that, you know, the world will become digital. 
are there therefore no longer going to be films of that visual quality like Heaven's Gate or The Deer Hunter or Apocalypse Now or Taxi Driver and in the future the quality of those images won't happen again or is it simply that it's just a different medium, digital will, will develop, quality of image, there is no difference. There's a real problem around the language of describing the film image and the video image in that there's a kind of nostalgia to the film image, which we all we all love. We we went to the we go. Sorry, went. Listen to me. We go. <laughs> we go to the cinema <laughs> to be taken away from ourselves. And in some instances, at the moment, I have just seen The Life of Pi and a more video-looking film I I haven't seen for a very long time. For me, it really spoiled my suspension of disbelief. I kept coming back to being in the cinema. I kept forgetting that I was supposed to not be in the cinema, I was supposed to be in the film. There is a problem around here. However, having said that, let's just bring up The Hobbit. So the thing about The Hobbit, you know, films were shot at 24 frames per second and, and Peter Jackson has upped that rate to 48 frames per second. I mean, that, this is one of the things that was unique about The Hobbit. There's an old idea been knocking around film for a long time that you should up your frame rate to about 60 frames a second. And it was pioneered by a guy called Douglas Trumbull, who was a special effects guy in 2001. And what, what he was into was a much smoother image. Now that may well have worked on 35mm, but the interesting thing to me, having seen The Hobbit at 24 frames a second and enjoyed it for what it was worth, as a good movie and all the rest of that stuff. I then walked next door and saw a bit of the 48 frame version and was horrified. Really? Horrified. You, so you, you were like. able to compare yeah. the, the images within, quite quickly then? Within 30 seconds of seeing one and going to see the other. Seeing The Hobbit at 48 frames a second, I haven't seen the whole thing and people say you've got to see the first 15 minutes and by, the first, by seeing the first 15 minutes you then slot into the other way of watching. So I'd be guilty of not giving it its time. But what happened to me when I saw what was there, it was like watching an Australian sitcom. I no longer believed what I saw and a lot of people have complained about this. So it, it threw you out of the, the narrative world? It didn't even throw me in. As soon as I walked in there, I was just staggered at how video it looked. And it looked like old style video, the kind of stuff that we've been shooting for years and trying to get away from. Somebody described it to me as it felt very casualty. And what they meant by that was it felt very high definition television. Yeah. And that what has happened is that television shooting more and more, obviously, in HD, and it's got a particular feel to it. And it was, said in a, it was said as a form of criticism about The Hobbit. Is that a criticism that it's got that high definition feel? Or is it that this is the way that uh, moving images are going to be in the future? I'm working on a research project. We're working at the farthest edges of the digital. We're trying to find the sweet spot. We're trying to find the most immersive space for the viewer. So because we're doing that, we're having to look at all kinds of things. And some of the stuff's working and some of the stuff ain't working. But one thing that's really, really interesting, I'm working with a young BBC R&D engineer. He and his friends have bought a bunch of new TVs, which not only up-res their old low-res images, but they also up frequency the level of the frames that occur. So he said to me, am I the only person that's seen The Hobbit and thinks it's fantastic? He got used to higher frame rates and he loved what he's seen. And one last thing, all of his friends who've bought the same kind of kit are quite happy seeing movies that no longer look like films.
So is it the audience's eyes becoming adjusted to the nature of the digital image then? What I've been learning by having to spend my time with vision engineers, with signal processing engineers, with experimental psychologists, you name it, I've spent time <laughs> with the OCD people of uh, the universe. And what I've begun to realize is that uh, we're no longer talking about eyes, we're talking about the eye-brain pathway. And we're not only talking about the eye-brain pathway, we're talking about two million years of um, perception. I say two million years because that's the notion that we came down from the trees at that point. But it's that kind of issue. There is a really interesting film you can go see to see the problem displayed for you every 10 minutes. And that's uh, Collateral by Michael Mann. And Michael Mann is known to like the video feel. Now, the interesting thing about Collateral is that there were two DPs working on that. And both of them operated in two different kinds of ways. One of them, whenever he comes on screen, it looks really video. And one of them, when he comes on screen, it looks really filmed. So if you look, go see Collateral, you can see the kind of thing that we're having to deal with at this but point. That's an example of a filmmaker using the different aesthetic to make a statement visually. Yeah, yeah, two DPs at war, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't think it was totally, you know. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that we're also doing this month is screening some classic films, and I say films in short and film, um, that have been remastered digitally. Um, we're screening them as part of the brunches uh, throughout the month. And one of those films is Lawrence of Arabia, which is recognised as one of the great visual masterpieces of filmmaking. What do you think happens with the image? It's been shot on film. Um, and is then remastered onto digital. Is there a change there? Is there something that's changing the nature of the film, Lawrence of Arabia? Lawrence of Arabia, par excellence, is the film. It's, it's a film. It's not a video thing. It's a film. There's no question of its, of its quality and its nature. Here are some issues. When film goes through a projector, it goes on a downward path. We used to identify the difference between film and video by if the dirt went downwards, it was film. If the dirt went left to right, then it was video. The projection of Lawrence of Arabia, for a start, whether or not it's been turned into a digital piece of work, is going to be a digital projection, which is the whole frame, the whole frame, the whole frame. It's not going to go down, up or sideways. It's just going to be right there in front of you. So that's number one. Number two, it would have been prepared to enter the digital realm. And that involves some very fancy work up at the very high end. There's issues around what the content is and what the experience is. My intuition tells me that there's going to be profound, profound changes in the experience of going to the cinema. It's going to be extremely subtle, but profound. I'd actually urge the audience to keep their wits about them. There's an old adage, which is like, the audience won't notice, so what the hell? But actually, I think it's up to the audience to really start noticing about the quality of their experience. And we're in a capitalist society. So it's about time for the audience to take its power and actually vote with its feet. I'm not arguing against film. I'm not arguing against video. I'm talking about people becoming much more conscious. The point is we're at a moment where we all need to put our heads together about what we're seeing because it's almost beyond words. I can't articulate it, but I know deep, deep down, I've looked at a visual image. I've been a cinematographer for 25 years before I'm doing this academic job. I know on a very deep level there is a very important difference there. 
and I shall be spending my time trying to articulate what that difference is. From now on. And, and it'll be really interesting to hear what your research, you know, uncovers what it, what it discovers as, as as you move forward with that. Interestingly, one of the things that I thought about doing with our brunches, which are the digitally remastered classic films, was to get it on film, show the thirty-five mil first, change over to the digital restoration, and invite the audience to see. Because one imagines that that would be seamless. There would be a seamlessness to it. But I suspect that you would notice these very subtle shifts in the nature of the image. Unfortunately, we weren't able to pull that one off. That's it was just a really shame. Because <laughs> I'd, I'd love to get the audience feedback on it. Because audiences do notice quality, you know, because if it is quality, we get that feedback from audiences. But also, as you say about the restorations of these films, as they are done uh, meticulously, I was fortunate enough to see the restoration of Taxi Driver in 4K um, last year. And it was as though I was rediscovering Taxi Driver. You're asking me questions, but you know, this should be one for you because you have seen a 4K version of a film. So what was the difference? For me, there was absolutely no difference with the 35mm. I mean, you're not sat there comparing them at the time, and that's what's always difficult, you know. But when I saw that Taxi Driver in 4K, I came out of that feeling as though I had rediscovered Taxi Driver. Well, I'm going to stop worrying. So, so <laughs> exactly. Maybe it's just about maybe it's just about bad transferring, bad copying. I think there's that, but it's what I was trying to say about also about the uh, you know having a vested interest in something because because of many of your my experiences, your experiences in the cinema have been such. We know that the cinema offers such a wonderful, wonderful experience when yeah. you've got a really hot filmmaker in front of you, the R and D engineer at the BBC. He's saying, you know. I've crossed that divide, and it's okay for me. So maybe, maybe it's okay. The other thing, you talked about the nostalgia of 35mm as a medium. The other nostalgia is as though 35mm when it was projected was somehow perfect. Because, of course, you know, you see the quality of 35mm prints, you see the, 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 sometimes the quality of projection. Once it goes out into the areas at which the films are projected, the quality can vary with lenses. With, you know, so it is also about the attention to the, the presentation of the image. I think, I think there's a really crucial thing here. The thing about digital cinematography, as opposed to film cinematography, is most of what was happening on the film level was happening in process. In other words, you would overexpose, underexpose, you'd uh, bypass the bleach bath. You'd do stuff that was stretching, pulling, tearing, ripping, mangling, doing stuff to the material. If you want to look on digital cinematography, you do it all in post and you cast a look on it. One of the arguments against digital cinematography, it's too clinical. It's why a good craftsman builds an imperfection into a really beautifully made piece of work. And the, the thing about film is it came along with its imperfections. Whereas digital cinematography, it might have an imperfection of the filmmaker's vision or the script or whatever, but in terms of the medium, it's still not materially available to us in some way. I would be interested in audiences' response to these classic films that have been digitally restored and we're screening them as part of the brunches. They include films like um, Polanski's Repulsion and as the, the aforementioned David Lean's Lawrence of Arabia. We're also screening in February the restoration of Polanski's Chinatown. I'd be really interested if you, the audience, come and see these films and, and just give some feedback on what you feel the quality of the image, the experience is. And also the documentary Side by Side, which is looking at the digital impact on filmmaking opens at Watershed on the 15th of February. 
thanks very much to Terry Flaxton.